You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. You're listening to NBC Sports Radio. Sports Radio. Weekends. This is the Two Robbies Football Show. Your number one source for Premier League football on NBC Sports Radio. Now, your hosts, Robbie Musto and Robbie Earl. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio with me, Robbie Musto, and him, Robbie Earl, talking England's Premier League. And it's days like this, Robbie Earl, that should make us realise how lucky we are covering this amazing league. I'm not interested in comparing it to other leagues anywhere else around the world, but just today we saw the drama, we saw the emotions, we saw the quality goals, we saw the upsets, so many stories, and we'll get to most of the big ones. Of course, a little later in the show, we'll talk about Man United's impressive victory under their new manager, Ali Gunnar Solskjaer, against Cardiff City. Um, and other stories of the day. But let's start, my friend, with the top of the Premier League and the title race. And, wow, we'll talk about Liverpool from yesterday's game, but Manchester yeah. City somehow found a way to lose at home to, to Premier League strugglers Crystal Palace. What the heck happened out there today, mate? <laughs> well, um, I think first and foremost, and you've hit the point, I just wanted to formally announce, Mr. Musto, no. we have a genuine title race. Yeah, we That's do. what we have. And the result um, at the Etihad today was stunning. And I, and I say that um, without holding anything back in terms of Manchester City have won all their games at home. Crystal Palace uh, one point away all season, struggling to, to hit any kind of form. It's a City team that generally just, you know, once they go 1-0 up as they do with a Gundogan goal, you're expecting 3, 4 or 5. It's one of those days. Well, it wasn't. And... Got pegged back to one each, slot with with a goal. A stunning, absolutely stunning strike by uh, Andrus Townsend that I think almost stunned some of the City players too much. It was a little bit like took them away. It's like a, a, a boxer getting a big knockout punch and you've got to clear your head. Mm. And before they'd done that, they were 3-0 they were down. Three goals in 18 minutes, a penalty kick after a rash challenge by, by Kyle Walker. And they're 3-1 down, Rob. Mm. And, and they're absolutely out of it. Yeah. And I know you love a stat and I know you, you on, love hit, data and fact. Me one. Give me some data. The last time Crystal Palace beat Manchester City at home, was 1990, almost to the day in 1990. Wow. Guess who won the title in 1990? Oh, no. Liverpool. Liverpool Football Club, mm. Robbie Musto. There's your stat yeah. and data and fact for the day. Yeah, very good, very impressive. Thank you, sir. Um, it's fascinating, mate, isn't it? It's fascinating mm. because I think we all thought, and most people out there thought, that this City squad and team were not untouchable and we knew there was going to be a big, big challenge in Liverpool. Yeah. But this result, it does sort of make you think, you know, what's going on at City? Yeah. Is this going to be a difficult season for Pep to try and motivate this group every single week to win games? Because I think, I think they realised going into this game that, wow, Liverpool, you know, won again last night. They yeah. are fired up. They are going to be a challenge. And yet, you know, we didn't see the best of Manchester City. What I would say, you know, players that didn't start this game, Fernandinho. Yeah. Fernandinho, yeah. It was a massive miss. Right. John Stones in that, that position, right. Rob, right. was 
at times a bit of a liability. It was almost like Palace were looking to win the ball back from Stones and start their, their attacks. Yeah, David Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, Sergio yeah. Aguero. Now, I know there's a bunch of games, and I know that, but the Champions League now has been put to bed until mid-February. Yeah. Is it a time where Pep's got to say, you know what, let's get back to, to real here. Let's get my, my yeah. big boys in the team for, for as many games as possible because we can't afford to drop many more points because Liverpool are looking so good. Absolutely, and that might be something moving forward. I think, in, in fairness, uh, Fernandinho injured, so John Stones was, was playing in there. Maybe the Kate, uh, Kevin De Bruyne coming back from long-term, a couple of long injuries with the knee, they're trying to nurse him, make sure that there's nothing there. Aguero, similarly, uh, had injury problems. So whether he's trying to kind of, you know, give give ease people in into games, knows the festive season's coming in those amount of games, but mm. it might just have changed his mind and his mentality in terms of, of, of what he's going to do. And it's interesting, Rob, because I, I looked at this and thought, something new for, Ch- for Pep here. This is a different kind of challenge for him now. I go back to his first season when I thought he had a good look at the league and the league had a good look at him. And it, it took his while to work it out and, and mm. they weren't really ever going to win the title. Second year in, as we saw last season, dominated from start to finish, basically. Um, the only challenge to, the, to City last year were themselves. This year, Rob... Serious title contender, all of a sudden a little four-point gap, one or two players not quite playing quite on top of the game. This is the test I think people like us have wanted to say, how good are they? You know, we're talking, are they one of the best teams ever in Premier League history? How good is this manager? Because now it's on a little bit. As you said, people start asking a few questions now. Are they as good? You know, what's his management style? Are the players getting bored with it? And all that kind of stuff will start coming out. Mm. It's another little challenge now for him to get over and show us why he's revered as the best manager in club football because he finds a way and his football will find a way. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, of course, when you um, watch his press conferences afterwards, it's always interesting. And today mm. he kind of made the point, you know what, Palace got over our halfway line a couple of times and they scored. You talked about the Kyle Walker challenge, which was a mistake. I yeah. think there there are going to be days where things go wrong. Mm. What he did say as well in the interview is, well, we played good. Like, you know, yeah. he, he wasn't dissatisfied with the way that they played. Let me ask you this as a question. You know, we talk about motivation. Do, yeah. How much do you think, in your opinion, and of course... You know, this is all about the desire to win a Champions League for yeah. this football club. I get that. How much does Pep Guardiola really, really want to regain the Premier League title? Oh, I think he does, Rob. I think he 100% wants to win the Premier League title again. I think he, he, he's, he came to English football with some people doubting that, you know, he's done it in other leagues, he can't do it in English league. The first season, I said, was a bit of him looking at the league and the league looking at him. He worked it out. He, he had a... They had a fantastic season. I think you only have to see either glimpses of anything that was done on the All or Nothing um, series that showed behind the scenes look at City when they won the title. I think you only have to, as we were very fortunate to spend half an hour in his company, know that this guy's driven. Mm. This guy is no way going to say, you know what, this year let's go for the Champions League if Liverpool win the title. Absolutely, in my opinion, no Mm. way he's that kind of guy, Rob. Well, that's what I expect, and, and and I agree with that answer. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have thought so, particularly as the Champions League now is a few months away. Yeah, that's all yeah. done and dusted. Mm. You know, they had their League Cup game in the week as well, which they came through on penalties uh, against Leicester City. Yeah. Um, so I expect him to to get this this squad now a bit of a, a bit of a rocket, 
Like, mm, come on, yeah. you've got to show us now. How much do you want it, you younger players? And we've said, and to be fair, I've said on this show many times, you know, that, I, that I'm assuming that this young team are hungry yeah. to go and do well and to win other things. And now we're going to see it. They're four, four points behind Liverpool that we'll talk about next. Um, and you're right. There's a challenge on right now. Some massive mm. games coming up. And we'll just get a real sense of just how good, how hungry this manager and this team is to repeat. Absolutely. And I think, just in in closing for me, it Mm. is about, like, I wanted Manchester City to be tested. I wanted them to, Mm. uh, in fact, not have everything going for them. And and we're getting there, Rob, and and that's why, okay then, now let's see. We've got the Christmas period coming up when I thought would be the time they will probably pull away. Okay, now now let's see when things aren't going quite so well. And as you say, Mm. um, maybe got to get back to his his first team, get back to Mm. playing the style of football, get back to that ruthlessness of scoring one and concede. You know, goals conceded, actually. I think somewhere eight games now without a clean sheet. Mm. Just, you know, a little lack of of maybe that defensive discipline just, just creeped in and maybe causing them one or two problems. The Christmas number one, Robbie Earl, is Liverpool Football Club. Four points clear right now. They will be top at Christmas. And we know that the uh, there's a tremendous amount of history where if you're top yeah, at Christmas, then, then, then you've got a great chance of winning the Premier League title. How good were Liverpool uh, at Wolves on Friday? Well, this, this was a game, Rob. It was wet. It was windy. It was, it was a Friday night in Wolverhampton. This was a draw or even could have been one of those first... You know, it's, it's, a, it's a Wolves team that, that's given City, Manchester United, Arsenal... Chelsea problems um, over the course of the season and play good football as we know we'll get the ball down it's a different Liverpool Rob is basically what I'm, yeah. what, what I'm saying it's a different Liverpool the, the little the little guy up front um, Salah's back to form yeah. the big guy at the back looks like an absolute colossus Virgil mm. van Dijk I mean he, he knee slides on, on, on his knees when he scored a goal and he still looks taller than most of the other players <laughs> I mean he's a, he's, a, he's a monster mate in terms mm. of what he's doing um Again, 20 games to go, Rob, is, is, yes. is, is my kind of, uh, of more natural point of 20 games to go. We've not ever seen a Liverpool team put a 38-game Premier League season together. Mm. Not yet. We've seen 18 very good games so far. And if mm. they can continue this, we might be talking about something very special. But there's 20 games to go. And at this stage, I, can't, I hope Jurgen Klopp and I, and I hope some of the Liverpool fans are just holding some of that excitement and saying, come on, we, let, let, let's, let's give it another 10 games and at least give ourselves, let's look at it from, from there on in. You're right. It is a different Liverpool. And I thought they were excellent, by the way. There was a 15-minute period at the end of the first half where they got yeah. a little sloppy. I remember saying on our broadcast at halftime, like, I expect, I expect Liverpool to, to sharpen up a little bit because they did get sloppy and Wolves had some joy there. Second half, they get back on the ball. They control things. I thought uh, Naby Keita, the extra man in midfield, was important yeah. for them. And you're right. If, if Mo Salah and Virgil van Dijk continue as their form is right now, right now, they, are, they have got a brilliant, brilliant chance to win this Premier League because yeah. those two players at the top and uh, well, both ends of the field are absolutely outstanding. And another clean sheet and another game where for the yeah. vast majority, they were in control. Another game, Robbie, where there was changes to the starting lineup. Yeah. There's rotation and Liverpool are starting to win games, not easily, but, but quite comfortably yeah. with other players in the team. That is an amazingly good sign. It's something we've seen for Manchester City for, well, certainly last season and yeah. to, to this point, 
for the most part, um, that's a great sign when the squad, and we know the money has been spent there, can come in, whether it's Fabinho looking good, yeah, whether it's James Milner coming in at right back, Lovren's come in and looked absolutely fine. So there is rotation there, and it, it's, it's a special feeling, and I think that's what must excite Liverpool fans, particularly on the back of the Manchester City loss today. Yeah. You know, we can go there with the emotional part of it, but they must be, the whole football club, yeah. the, I mean, talking the fans, the staff, the players, the manager, the technicals, everything, they must be thinking, wow, we've got a great chance. It, it just looks and feels, Rob, right, and it mm. looks and feels like everybody's still got their head on that there's a focus that there's not it's not going too crazy at the moment as you say players are coming in and doing a great job whether they're seen as the first team the a team or or not there's real competition for places now people like Fabinho who at one time people were wondering is he ever going to break through is starting to have a real effect in that midfield with his passing range and, and giving a little bit of, of that creativity maybe we've said at times that that midfield's lack so Absolutely spot on at, at the moment, uh, Liverpool. And I mean, mm. what a game this is going to be heading towards. Is it January the 3rd, Liverpool Man City? Mm. I mean, wow. That could be something very special. And if Liverpool are still ahead, could you know could be opening what a seven point gap at, at that stage mm, yeah you know my favorite word for champions and durable. it's durability yeah durability <laughs> yeah. and it came to mind again i i mm. think when we I mean, can't always be right, but when we watch our teams, Rob, over the last yeah. five years and even further back, I, I think when you watch a champion team, you know, during the season, I think you do look at them and say that they look like champions. And, of course, there's a long way to go yet, a long way yeah. to go. But when yeah. you watch Liverpool over the last few weeks and again uh, this weekend on Friday, they do look like a champion team. Defensively, rock solid. A good goalkeeper that made some big saves. Mm. Rotation, creativity, goals, threat, pace up front. Uh, and that, that ability to win in different ways. Uh, again, you know, we'll wrap this up, I guess, with that, Rob. And it's just, yeah. it's just exciting. And, and Jurgen Klopp, over a period of years now, has made this team stronger and stronger and stronger. And they're ready they look ready to win a title. It's brilliant for the Premier League, but for English football. And as you say, at this stage, and I think other fans of other teams, apart from Liverpool, were saying it's in an 18-game season, they've looked like champions. Yeah. Can they do it over a 38-game exactly. period? That's going to be the question. But yeah. Man City lose their second game of the season, which means they also lose ground now on leaders Liverpool too. Elsewhere in the race for the top four spots, Chelsea appear to be lacking some motivation, according to their manager, Mauricio Sorry, We'll discuss the troubles at the Blues when we get back. You're listening to the Two Robbies Football Show on NBC Sports Radio. We'll be back in a tick. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show. Now, Robbie, there was an upset at Stamford Bridge. Plenty of upsets today in the Premier League. Leicester City, through Jamie Vardy, got the goal and they won the game 1-0. Now, Chelsea came close a few times. They hit the woodwork. Hazard had one uh, off the crossbar in the first half. Uh, Marcus Alonso had an opportunity late in the game to get something out of the match, but they didn't. What's going on at Chelsea, Rob? And I'm going to give you a few options here. You've got to pick mm. me, maybe pick the, the, the top two reasons for why Chelsea are not doing better in the Premier League. A striker issue, the style of play, personnel generally, or motivation? What's going on? What's the strongest reason, or the two, of why they're not at the top of the league? Okay. Uh, motivation, striker issue, one and two for yeah. me. Now, the motivation thing, Rob, it's interesting. And I was thinking about this when, when I obviously realised we were going to do the podcast in terms of he's come out a couple of times, sorry. I know he wasn't particularly saying it was just that today, but it seems when they play teams maybe 
lesser teams than them. They're not quite in the right place. Lost to Wolves recently, lost, lost to Leicester today. And the motivation thing, that, that whole thing, Rob, worries me a little bit about the group. Now, if you're conceding goals, you can work on your defending. If, you, if your possession's not good or, or your entry's into the last third, you can work on that. The motivation thing is really, it's not something you train and get better at and you improve and see mm. the that's something that's got to come from within. Mm. And and that's a little bit that worries me with, with, with Mauricio Sarri. And it might be that on the long term, he might be thinking three or four of these players are not going to be my type of players because I don't know what I'm going to get. They don't give me that motivation on days when they should be beating teams but maybe go out with the wrong attitude. I'll tell you what I think as well, Robbie Earl. I, I think sometimes, and no, I, I'd say actually often, I watch Chelsea and I watch this mm. game and they their football is quite slow. We know it's possession-based. Yeah. We know they have control. We know they have territory. But because it moves quite slowly, teams get behind the ball and it's not easy to find a way through. I've said this many times about Chelsea another, and today was another example. Now, he is very set on, on who he's been playing, Robbie. Yeah. And I'll ask you this. And, I, and I'll basically say, you know what? It's time for change. That midfield three of Angola Kante, Jorginho and, and Mateo Kovacic, it's time that, that, that there was a change in there. And I'm Kovacic. I, and off Kovacic. Your pop. Off your off pop. Off your pop, by the way. Ruben Loftus-Cheek came on today. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, it's about time. Ross Barkley's had a go. Kovacic mm. has had a big go. Yeah. Get get Ruben Loftus-Cheek in there. Give, give him a run six games. games he six might games help and their, let him play. They might, he might help their penetration from midfield. He's a big guy. He's got good feet. Technically smart. When I see Hazard and, and William and that playing with him, they look like they, they have confidence in him. They play. We've seen lots of give and goes and combinations. Absolutely, Robin Musto. Mm. It's one of those... In, I hope that, that, that Sarri's not wedded to Kovacic because he bought him in. Not wedded to Jorginho if that's not the right thing. I know Sass came on for him later in, in today's game, but as, as, a, as a Chelsea manager, he's got to be bold and he, obviously you give people a chance, but if it's, if it's not happening on a regular yeah. basis, you have to mix it up. Talking about pressure, Claude Puel, Leicester City. Mm. With this victory today, Robbie, they go ninth, four points behind Man United, who won as well. I don't get it. I just don't get it. You tell me why. And we and, and Rebecca on our show today, she talks about some headlines in the newspapers in the UK that Claude Puel is almost certainly going to get fired really quickly. I don't get it. I see young players getting developed. I see a, a style change at Leicester City going from long ball counter-attacking to more possession, which I, I guarantee is going to help the football club over a longer period of time. I, you know, and, and I know he's not scintillating in his interviews. I know, for, for me, getting through his press conference as a 30-minute one, when I, you know, previewing the game of the weekend, is not easy to do. Why, Robbie Earl, is he under pressure? Again, at another club. Because he's not as fashionable, he's not as involved. Must be other reasons. He's got, a di- he's got a difficult, he's got a really difficult job because this guy has come to a football club which were title winners, something that probably some of the players never believed. He had an aging team that were playing a, a style of football that wasn't going to be produ- uh, conducive going forward. So he's bringing in younger players, as you said, changing the style, and and that take time. That takes time. That takes a little bit of money. That takes some windows, and you've got to give the guy a chance to see what's happening on the other side. As he did with Southampton, you might get rid of this guy and be ruining it in, in, in the future. Absolutely I just, I, I, I know they were champions, and it was amazing, and it was it was a marvel to watch. But what's the expectations? They're mid-table. They're playing good style of football. I just, yeah. I, I'm just a bit shocked. And this, hopefully, now will take the pressure off him. Absolutely, pressure. Hopefully, off Claude Puel. Still work to do from Richard. Sorry, but this weekend it was all eyes on Ollie as United's new caretaker manager took charge of United for the first time and produced a five-star performance. I'm Earl. He's Musto, together with the two Robbies on NBC Sports Radio. This is the Two Robbies Football Show. 
on NBC Sports Radio and NBCSportsRadio.com, where every day is game day. Welcome back to Two Robbies Football Show with me, Robbie Musto, and him, Robbie Earl. Now, we all wondered what this Man United team was going to look like under new interim boss, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. This is what we saw today. Pogba will leave it for Rashford. He strikes it. Oh, it's a goal! What a start to the post-Jose Mourinho era! Marcus Rashford drills a free kick into the corner. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is all smiles. Space here for Herrera is going to have a go. Oh, what a goal! And a Herrera! Inside to Martial. Anthony Martial! What a goal! Beautiful football by Manchester United. Here's Paul Pogba and he slides it through and here's a chance of number five. Jesse Lingard, beautiful finish. United hit five in their first game since the departure of Jose Mourinho. What a start for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Go, Robbie Earl. <laughs> Robbie Muster, where do we start? <laughs> oh. Where do we start? Um, the first thing I have to say is it, it, it was a, a victory for free football. Hashtag free football. <laughs> Just let this team be free again, Rob. And mm. you see, I mean, the Martial third goal yeah. was the epitome of what I'm talking about. Just watch that goal. Just look at the expression on, on people's faces. It, it was a day where I thought Manchester United were smiling again. The fans were smiling. The players were smiling. The coaches next to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer were smiling. The manager in charge, the caretaker man, was smiling. It's just, it's absolute night and day. And, and I'm not saying Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has done, gone in there and done anything particularly tactical over the last few days because no. he's probably just met the boys. I'm not saying there's, there's anything particularly in, in football terms. All that happened today was a freedom and an, and, and an expression of Go and play football. Go and enjoy your football. And that's what Manchester United can do, Rob. And, and, and I know people will point to, well, it was only Cardiff. Well, we've seen Manchester United this season struggle with, with all kinds yeah. of teams down the bottom. But the 5-1 win today was like a United of the past. When United have done that to big teams, to teams who might be challenging them for titles, that's the style of, and the type of football that we no Manchester United. And when we've been talking on, on the TV and on our podcast and saying to people how, how disappointed we are, we're disappointed because we know that kind of performance is in this group of players. Yeah, I mean, Cardiff City have won four of the last five at home, by the way. So they have been decent at home. But I, I'll put it maybe a little bit differently, Rob. I, I thought it was a victory for, for trust, for a coach, a manager, trusting his players were what they're good at. And a lot of these United players are good footballers. They're good on the ball. They want to attack. They want to combine. They want to play one-twos. They want to be confident. They want to go forward. Now, in Jose Mourinho, the, th the first thought was always, oh, what's our shape? Yeah. How, how vulnerable are we? Let's be cautious. Let's be on the, on the back foot. And, you know, in the future, Robbie Earl, United, they are going to look maybe open at times when their football mm. isn't very good. Mm. But let's enjoy and let's realise how effective it is when you do trust them. And they are world-class players, some of these. And the ability to combine, the ability to go forward. I mean, it was so different. And, you know, I think what the United fans have been feeling over the last few days, Rob, when this change was made, and I certainly was feeling, was like, 
wow, I mean, I wonder what these guys can do. Mm. Like, there's a, a lot of good footballers here, but we've seen the Mourinho style. And so we haven't sort of seen that. And we're like, well, what, what could this look like? Well, today, with a different philosophy, that's what it can look like. And that's what the United fans want to see. All the attacking players on the field of play for Man United today were excellent in the game. All of them excellent. Marcus mm. Rashford. Brilliant up front. Great movement. Anthony Martial is one of the best players at the football club. He should be playing every week. He had the freedom, as you said it on your opening answer, Rob, to, to that, for, that, for that third goal, to come all the way across to get involved. Mm. Jesse Lingard was running around. Paul Pogba was, 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 kind of cut, was sticking his chest out and looking good again and doing the defensive side of it as well. So I know it's Cardiff. I know it's the first game. We know about manager bumps. And to be fair, they have set a standard, a level now that everybody's wanting to see most weeks. Most weeks. Because they can't score follow that every single week. But that is such a tonic. And it's like the, cl- the clouds from Mourinho have gone away. That's what the what United fans want to see. And they want to see it nearly every week. Uh, and it was interesting. When I was watching the game, I was, I was trying to look at the players. Because I think that was the first thing I wanted to see. Like, what, what are these players going to look like when, when they're not under, under Jose Mourinho? And I kind of was watching the game, Robert. And, and, and uh, the, the analogy I was thinking to myself is actually... It's almost like there's a set of glasses that you have to look at the players with. And I've got my PUM, players under Mourinho, and that's a set of glasses. And you look at them and think, mm, are they that good? Mm, can they play that well? Are they that attacking? And then you take the glasses off, Rob, and it's, and it's players after Mourinho. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you see a different player. Mm. Martial, Rashford, Pogba, you know, look different players, Rob. Look, mm. look freer, look happier, look... Mm. look, look look like the players that we know and the potential that we've saw and when we've been asking the questions over the week you know, are they any good of course they are are they good enough to be top four absolutely this group is good enough yeah. to be top four footballers yeah. and maybe just by changing the atmosphere around the football club as you say trusting the players a little bit more and playing more to what they want to do I thought Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said something really important if we come to fight knock big balls in the air and have a scrap with Cardiff mm. they'll beat us because they're yeah. better at that than us mm. we have to get the ball down and play and, and it's not that often that over the last few years, we've seen a Manchester United just want to get the ball down yeah. and play. And play and possess the ball and not and not feel guilty about doing it. Now, just in terms of getting the sense from our from our listeners, Rob, we mm. threw a tweet out there about, you know, this is the first time United have scored five goals since Sir Alex Ferguson left the football club. His last game in charge was that crazy 5-5 yeah. game. Um, we wanted we just wanted to get a sense from, from the listeners of the show. Now, let's just read a few tweets out. I've got one here from, from Bill Darnell that tweets us to say, they will play more entertaining football, but when these easier runner festive fixtures run their course and United are forced to play clubs higher up the table, they will struggle and better and equal talent of other clubs. You can't play Cardiff every week after all. And another one, Kevin Aritza tweets us to say, for me, it's all about belief and trust. Yeah. Uh, Solskjaer, let them be, let them go out and play without fear. No fear of mistakes and the boys did what comes naturally to them. In- interesting to see how they move forward, but at least the boys remember that they ca- what they can do, keep up the good work. Yeah, and I got a few here as well, Rob. Tommy Goodwin said, fearless football finally. With the shackles of LVG and Mourinho off, United's talented midfielders and forwards can finally begin to play like talented midfielders and forwards should. One from Peter Frank who said, the players of Manchester United have spoken. Regardless of what anyone says and despite your best efforts, it's hard to constantly put your body on the line for someone who you don't respect. 
The same toxic environment also hampers creativity. And here's an interesting bit. I'm a Liverpool fan, but recognise where the problem starts. So even Liverpool fans are joining in. And here was an interesting one. Carl Barry actually said, it's Cardiff, mate. <laughs> Maybe just hold our not horses. Impressed. Let's not get yeah. too carried away. But, yeah. I mean, listen, it didn't matter who they were playing today. It was about the result. It was about the style of the result. It was about the enjoyment. It was about the way players looked and moved and enjoyed what was going on today. And there was no doubt Manchester United looked different, Rob. How mm. long that'll go? How much more work's got to be done? Only got to assault Shaw, Mike Feeling next to him, I think, is a really important um Personnel just to have there is a backup, but um, no, the, it, we can talk about the future and there's going to be bigger and harder games down the road. But today, uh, certainly, it, I think it got a smile back on, on on the face of the football club, Ed Woodward particularly. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the team. It's the first team that he picked, mm. Robin and Luke Short left back for me is an absolute necessity. And there was one moment in the game where maybe it was Martial at a shot and it rebounded. And right behind him was Luke Shaw. Now, I, I, I'm pretty confident saying that. I'm not sure he would have been there in Jose Mourinho. I, th- I thought Mourinho is very cautious with his fullback. Yeah. So Luke Shaw is going to benefit. Martial got the pick on the left-hand side. Romelu Lukaku wasn't available today through compassionate no. leave. Yeah. Um, Does he get in that well, first 11? No. Not now he doesn't. I mean, I, I still think Robbie, or I want to see Lukaku in that United team at some point yeah. in this different philosophy. But right now, Marcus Rashford is going to take this and run with it as a centre forward and a striker. And I got to say, the midfield of Matic, Pogba, and Herrera, it mm. screams, screams it's the best three midfield players at the football club for me. I know Fred came on, but that midfield can totally work together. They, they all play better. Phil Jones. You know, Eric Bailly, Chris mm. Smalling, you know, when he comes back available. There's decisions to make, and I still believe that right-back is a weak area that the club need to address uh, in the transfer window. But, no, just very, very positive, um, a good selection, and happy to keep the ball possessable combined. I mean, Arlo White's call there about mm. a beautiful goal. You know, we have not heard that for a long time with this football club. No, absolutely. I saw that, that line-up and it just smacked of yeah. old United with attack, attack, attack. Players mm. who can make things happen. So a 5-1 win away to Cardiff doesn't mean Manchester United are back, but it does show that the team can produce football on the front foot with flair and freedom. Next up, we'll wrap up the rest of the day's fixtures and we'll wrap up our final segment on the radio. So for the last time, this is Two Robbie's Football Show on NBC Sports Radio. We'll be back in the mail. You mean you stayed here waiting the whole time? What a trooper. We are NBC Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show. Now, Robbie, or Arsenal. Mm. It wasn't a pretty game. It was aggressive. It was touchy. It was nasty at times. Mm. Burnley are an aggressive side. But yeah. Arsenal came out 3-1 winners. Um, you know, they've had a couple of defeats recently, the last two yeah. matches in, in different competitions. But I think this is good for Arsenal. Yeah. They are prepared to fight a little bit. And it wasn't pretty. It was ugly in many ways, but they got the win. Absolutely. We used to say, you know, how many times did we say they're a bit soft to Arsenal? They've yeah. got a bit of a soft spot. Well, he's changing that. They're a little bit more aggressive with their play, a little bit more physical when, when people want to want to try the, those tactics to put them off. Uh, interesting to see Mazat Ozil back in the starting line. What do you think, Rob? Uh, what, do you think, um, what do you think he did? Absolutely. I thought, uh, absolutely love what Unai Emery is doing with him. I think he's off. He, he, he's offering the opportunity for him to play his way into the team, to play his way 
to stay at the football club. Um, and and when he plays like that, I mean, the, the ball for the first ball for Klasnas mm. that he beauty. plays is yeah, only it's probably only him and David Silva can play that ball in in the mm. league. Maybe Kevin De Bruyne. Mm. Um, could, could play that, you know, the vision, the weight, just the the creativity, and he, he, he's an exceptional talent. Rob, when when he yeah. when he's they've got to try and find a way to absolutely to, to get him on board, to get him happy. I don't know what his attitude's like, Rob, but but we know, and I think they can kind of build a system around him if they really want to keep him. Does does you know? And I'm just trying to link the two. Does the motivation would would Mesut Özil would this kind of fall in that motivation thing? Is he motivated every week to be mm. giving what you want because he's got yeah. that much ability and we know yeah. he has? But some days he just goes missing a little bit. Yeah, that's the key, isn't it? I think Emery, mm. you know, he demands a certain amount of mentality and attitude from his players, and that's the question here. This is something that's going to play out over the next few weeks, Rob, in terms of his future yeah. and how he's going to get it, whether he's going to be in the team again. Um, Pierre Aubameyang. Aubameyang. Aubameyang, we've got to mention him again. Two goals, top of the charts. Yeah. He's a brilliant finisher, isn't he? Absolutely brilliant finisher. If if they can start to get the other parts of the team right, with, with Aubameyang and Lacazette as is, is is, is an assist un, underneath him, these goals in that team, Rob. These, yeah. these goals in that team. Just having a little whip around, Rob. Um, Southampton. I'm going to pick out that game from the others yeah. today. Huddersfield 1, Southampton 3. Goals are coming. Danny Ings are looking as good. Mm. Hasselhurtle, the manager, looks mental. Massive smile on his face. Goes to the yeah. fans afterwards. It's exactly what this football club needed from a new coach. It's so different. He has a plan, yeah. a different system. And they're going to be fine, aren't they? They're going to be fine. It absolutely brought the team to light. You know what I'm saying, Rob? The new Jose Mourinho, Ralph oh, Asenil. Let's start him off. In you go. The special one down at Southampton. My pick of the day is Watford. Uh, have a good see you, Rob, with this team. Uh, Troy Deeney and De La Feo getting the goals. They play good football. They, they can possess the ball. Sit seventh in the table, only two behind Manchester United. He's done a really good job, Javi Garcia, uh, getting this football team. There's now an identity to Watford that hasn't been the case for, for, for some, some, some time. You know what, Rob? This is our last radio show. And, yep. and it's been a brilliant ride. And I'm going to read out a message, a tweet that we just got in. It's, it's so you know important for what we wanted to do with this show. And it's, a, mm. it's from Javi Martinez. And he basically says, I had my girlfriend over for the Sunday game, Liverpool versus Man United. I honestly believed at one point she would doze off and go on her phone. Wrong. She was completely into it. In fact, she was so impressed that right there and there, she became a new Liverpool fan. I was sitting there thinking, yep, I remember watching my first Premier League game. Fast forward to Monday, I sent her the link to the podcast. She loved it and subscribed to it immediately. If you could give her a shout out on the next podcast, I would greatly appreciate it and consider it as a Christmas gift to her. Her name is Yvette. You guys are awesome and keep up the fantastic job. Uh, That's just a great story, Rob, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, and that's the reason that we started this this show yeah. what, three, four years ago. That we're doing the podcast that we can open up the the Premier League to to more people to to get people engaged in it, to love a team, to to want to support. And listen, I mean that's that's absolutely mm. perfect example of somebody who probably would be sitting there not even interested, and all of a sudden now is a huge Liverpool fan has invested in, in the league, mate. Yeah, this radio show was the first thing from the two robbers, Rob, and it's so great, wasn't mm. it, thinking back. And, and and to be fair, it was challenging. We had to dr- I had to drive all over Boston to find studios at, yeah. at the beginning when it was tough to get, when I wasn't in around Stanford, the studio here. Uh, and you had, I, some, you had some drives as well, didn't you? Yeah, I was driving around trying to find another Robbie, but I couldn't find one, so I got <laughs> stuck with you and... You know, 
Mike Prindeville was at the start of things. We have to remember him. Prindy was our yeah. first producer who got us going and got us on air and made sure we were going. And we yeah. ended up where we are now. And, and let's, not, let's make sure all our li- listeners remember that the podcast will be running. Two Robbie's podcasts continue to run. They'll be, and one will be available on December the 27th, uh, the day after Boxing Day. So I look forward to that. So that just leaves us make time for our last tweet of the day. And it has to go to Javi Martinez, who told us about his girlfriend, who was at Liverpool-Manchester United game. She loved the game, she fell in love with Liverpool, and she now loves the Two Robbies podcast. So, Javi, we're going to send two scarves to you. So, Yvette, make sure you get a scarf as well. So, direct message is your address, and we'll get those scarves in the post to you in the next couple of days. So, remember, for more drama, discussion, and disagreements, make sure you subscribe to our podcast to download the Two Robbies show. And finally, thanks to all our great friends at Culver City, led by Captain Jack Silver, Brett Abbott, and Philip Richards, and all those who've contributed to the show. We truly appreciate all you've done for us over the years. Yeah, thanks for everybody for tuning in today and for supporting this radio show from day one. We really appreciate it. Of course, the responses and replies through social media also have been absolutely critical to our show. The show does go on, though, via the Two Robbies podcast. Find us online and subscribe to the Two Robbies and watch out for weekly shows, uh, midweek Euro pods and special emergency pods as well. And a final thanks from me as well to our producers that have helped us along sometimes a bumpy road and, of course, the good folks at Culver City for getting us on the air. I hope you're shedding a tear back there, Musto. I hope hope the tear's running down your face at the moment. Absolutely. So, Robbie Earl, a final Mm. time. Until next time, it's good night from me. And good night from him. Good night. Good night. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.